0: Hello, everyone. Maggie here. Welcome back to Music Therapy and Beyond. Today, I have asked Patina Jackson to sit down with me and discuss her personal journey as a music therapist and small business owner. Patina is a music therapist who loves creating resources and simplifying life for other music therapists working in the special needs population because she believes less is more and together is better. She loves Jesus, gardening, and DIY, and lives in the Dallas area with her husband and three wild and wonderful kiddos. As I was working in the schools with students in the special needs population, I utilized so many of Patina's resources. They're all very well organized and so easy to learn and put into practice that day. Her resources made my life as a busy, traveling music therapist so much more manageable. I was so excited that she agreed to be on the podcast with me today and share her journey. So without further ado, let's begin. Hello, Patina. It's so good to see you. Hello. I was. <laughs> I was hoping that you could just give us a quick introduction of yourself.
1: Yes, um, I'm Patina. Um, I live in the Dallas area with my um, three little kiddos and my husband Doug. And um, other than music therapy, I love doing DIY projects around the house and gardening and, um, just keeping busy, um, at church. And, and so those are kind of the things that fill me up outside of music therapy, but otherwise I just, um, love getting to hopefully pour into other music therapists as well as learn from them. Those are kind of my passions.
0: Great. Well, hopefully we can fulfill that last one today. Woo. (laughs) Um, So I sent Patina a couple questions earlier and had her think about some things. Um, So we'll just kind of jump right into it. Um, I'm excited for today. So the very first question that I have is if you could share with us a little bit about your background as a music therapist, like how you got into the field, where you went to school,
1: and what populations you've mostly worked with, you know, all all the stuff. All the things. Awesome. So, um, I first heard about music therapy in high school and I joke because I was in choir and our choir director as a junior was talking about like, Oh yeah, we've got seniors going off to do all these different things like, um, jazz performance or music education. And then he lists off music therapy. And I did like one of the little like snarky sounds like that's hilarious. And the girl next to me was the one that was going into music therapy and a friend of mine. And she's like, actually I'm doing that. And I was like, oh, of course, foot in my mouth, because I have a tendency to do that. And, um, and so I was like, well, what is it? She's like, actually, you know, and she told me what it was. And I was like, oh, well, that's not what I had in my mind, which we get that reaction all the time, right? So like, it serves me right that I just jumped to conclusions. And (laughs) um, so then I started researching and I was like, oh, my goodness, because I always loved music, but I never had any interest in doing performance, um, or teaching music. And so I was kind of like, I just thought, music would just be fun for me I maybe would continue to do um worship at church which was really filling for me um but didn't really think I would keep doing music because I had no interest in just performing or teaching music and then it was like oh I can help kids which is what I did want to do and I can use music doing it and um and that it was evidence-based I think also it felt a little fluffy to me I'm like what is this stuff you know and then the more I researched, the more excited I got. And then I started hearing of, like, oh, yeah, we had a music therapist when we were in the hospital. And, oh, actually, there's a music therapist. There's a music therapist that came to the special education classes at my high school. And I even volunteered with our special needs kids. And I still had no idea that there was a music therapist that came. So it was just cool starting to learn and, like, giving it a chance. And it was just a great reminder to, um, to never make assumptions, right? And then I started searching yeah. online for colleges and ended up at KU. Go Jayhawks. Um, I love my education Um, and I would say my education continued in my internship, which I was also really grateful for. So, um, I was in a a long distance relationship from back home the whole time I was in college. So I knew I was going to be moving back home to get married as soon as college was done. And, um, and so I was kind of location bound. I thought I really wanted to do like pediatric, pediatric hospital setting. That's what I thought I wanted to do. I now know I'm like really not qualified. Like that's just not a strong suit for me. Um... And so I ended up in this really great school district that I heard good things about. And so I did that even though I'm like, I wasn't really interested in working in schools, but cool. It was my, actually my school district I grew up in, so perfect. Um, loved my internship, loved my internship supervisors. Mary Lawrence, um, who's retired now, it was uh, Michelle Kinemer, who's still in the school district. It was uh, Bill Matney, who is now Dr. Bill and a professor at KU. Woo, rock chalk. Um, but I just was poured into there, and I, they just really spent a lot of time with us, like helping us learn and sharing tons and tons of resources with us. Um, And just really investing. And it was an investment I felt like went beyond, like, the call of duty. You know, it's like they didn't just, you know, say, like, okay, here's some stuff. Can you take some of our caseload? Which, to be honest, I've I've heard of people getting that experience in their internship. Mm -hmm. But they really invested so much extra time. Like, if they had a 40-hour work week, I swear it had to have been 60 because of, like, just the way they really poured into us. And that really really meant a lot to me to have that relationship as well. And they're still my mentors now. Like, I'll still call them up of, like, hey, what do you do with this? And how could I do this? And who wrote this song that we did an internship so I can give the right credit (laughs) to the right person? Because I don't know if I wrote the song or did you write the song? Because, you know, they all get muddled. And um, I know that's a lot of like blubbering about internship but that was a really great and really important experience um for me yes. and part of the reason that I you know wanted to to then um give back and like I said I didn't want, mean to go into the schools necessarily but I ended up just following and falling in love with it so ever since my internship in, uh, ended in 2011 so um I guess 11 years now um I just started doing either home health with kids or teens or young adults with special needs um, or um, or the schools, and I took a couple of different, like, temporary sub positions in the schools, um, and I, that's actually part of my story, too. That's how I ended up in a full-time job, is I took that temp position. I took a chance on this. It was like a full-time temp position, and then they told, they referred me... Um, for another position, like for someone's maternity leave sub job that was part-time in the schools. And then fast forward, that's the school district I've been at off and on for the last um, 10 years. So anyways, kind of fun stuff. Fun to see, you know, how a story is woven. But that's how I ended up with the kiddos. And I love the population and really passionate about it. And especially with teens and young adults, because I feel like there's just less resources out there that fit their cognitive age and their music
0: preference. So That's very true. Um, I love asking people that question just because it's always so unique. Um, So thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. uh, I also have been working in the schools um, for the last couple years and have used a lot of your resources. So thank you for that. Thank you. I love hearing that. Um, (laughs) and the next question that I have for you is that, um, I know that you've already mentioned your family, and I know that that is very important to you. And I know that there's a lot of music therapists out there who are trying to balance work life with personal life. Um, so how have you balanced your life as a clinician and starting a family?
1: Yes, and I love this. Um, I love this topic because family has always come first for me, even though I have always been really passionate. I mean, not always, but since I became a music therapist, I've been passionate about music therapy. But family's always been really important to me. Um, And one thing I love is the flexibility of our field, right? Um, Sometimes it's, I know, a frustration for people of like, I just want a full-time job and I just want a salaried position. But it also is a really cool thing that in different seasons of life, you can diversify and you can say like, okay, well, I'm going to, Um, do lessons for those that still have the heart for teaching music, and I'm going to do music therapy, or I'm going to um, be a recording artist on the side because I still love to perform, but then I'm also going to such and such. So I love the flexibility of the field and of our education that allows us to do so many things, and so... Um, when my first daughter was born, I knew I wanted to be home with her and, and find a way to make that work, and so we did it. And so that's actually how I got started in the, um, the music therapy joy side of things As I left my full-time music therapy position, um to be a mama and just to really focus on her and then did music therapy joy just kind of on the side um and then in the process of becoming a mama and adding kids to the family I learned that not only does our field have flexibility but like I needed to learn to be flexible and have grace for myself because you know there are so many struggles of the balance of like uh, being a small business owner of Uh, my time really most of my time came between naps and so what happens if they don't nap or once they started um, spending more time like with grandparents or in school it's like well what happens when somebody gets sick and then I have to watch them and that that was my work day or when my you know when grandma gets sick because I'm so spoiled to have grandmas watch my babies and it's like and then (laughs) I have to watch them and so so many things would come up and it's like how do I keep this business running without people and and some of that was just like it's just a ball's going to drop today and that's how it is right like and that's okay and that's how real life is and we've like created this like i think in some ways like a really staunch professional world that has no grace for the reality of life um and i feel like that's a positive thing to have come out of covid and people working from home more as you just realize like you know like if you're working from home there's sometimes going to be a kid you know screaming in the background like playing or whatever or like at my house it's like turning the volume all the way up on the electric piano and playing really loudly it's like I don't <laughs> do that but it's just you know it just gives you some of that flexibility and we already like i said have that in the um in the field, but I've also just gone back and forth, and and there was a point at which my husband was in job transition when my second was born. So then I went back into the schools part time, and that was really cool, and um, and then stayed part time. Then again, till last year, I got to um, be home again, and now and really increase. Um, I wanted to do more with music therapy joy, and I just kind of felt like I couldn't juggle my family and a part time salary job and music therapy joy, and so um, I had to you know, something has to give. And so we kind of just had to put faith in, like, hey, I really believe that music therapy joy is something that's of value to people and that if I can invest a little bit more in it and focus more on that and less on my uh, part-time job, which I was also loved and was grateful for, um, then I can have I can have uh, more quality time with my family and more quality service to music therapy joy. So that's kind of been, like, the up yeah. and down of, of family and just knowing that, like, sometimes... My kids are going to have to sit on the tablet while I work because they're home with me. And sometimes I'm going to have to, um, you know, sometimes I could just put down the computer and just say, take a break from work for five minutes and, you know, go have a water gun fight in the backyard or whatever. You know, Mm -hmm. so it's just it's just kind of fun. And and, um, I've really grown in flexibility in that way. I used to be much more um, rigid and I feel like it's just made me more flexible. Um, And I'm grateful for that. So I'm grateful to our job for kind of. Um, that yeah. being part of my story.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's very cool. Um, and I think you also kind of answered the third question here, which was how you got into the entrepreneurial side of music therapy. Um, so thank you for answering two <laughs> <laughs> Um. So i I think you might also know that the company that I work for, Giving Song, we also have a podcast, which mm-hmm. you are on right now, called I Music it. Therapy and Beyond. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and we have also recently started selling online resources as well. I love um, it. So I was curious. Um, we have definitely gone through a lot of trial and error um, before landing on products that we were happy with. And yes. you know, ready to share with others. And I was curious what your process is like for the products that you list on your site. Um, where you get your inspiration? I know a lot of it is from school school age clients, um, but I'm curious what that process is like for you.
1: Yes, and um, so something else that um, has been good for me is like. Feedback. I love feedback. So I love doing surveys. I love people telling me things. Even if you're like, hey, this thing isn't my favorite, you know, Um, like I want to hear that because that really helps shape things. And that's another thing that's grown in me is like being willing to receive that feedback because that's really what makes what I'm offering more valuable. And that's what I really want is to you get the most valuable thing? So it's just it's been a process. So at the beginning, I really just like put out any of my songs that I created that were original it would be like a three dollar download or whatever for one song and but it was really hard to get any traction there um and it also like starts to become this like muddled mess of a website where you're like just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling through all these individual songs and like I try to reorganize it in different ways but it never quite worked and then that's when I really refocused to bundles and some of that was inspired by the the e-box which I'll chat about but um But, yeah, so it was like, okay, let's really focus on, like, okay, science. Like, here's the science songs. Here are the math songs. These are songs that will help with some of your life skills or functioning skills. These are some songs that kind of help navigate in the community independently. These are songs that are going to help with social skills. Um, And it also helped give some focus to the songs that I was creating. So it was like, okay, I have, like, two or three really good songs for counting but I want to also do like a count by tens and a count by 25 songs so then those became like my next songs right um or okay hey I've got these three songs that are like my favorites for social skills but I really want one more that addresses like back and forth conversation and so so some of that guided it but a lot of it really is just Um, One, the songs that I needed when I was in schools and working with kids, teens, and young adults with special needs because I saw a need for that. Um, And then, two, the the feedback I got from people of, like, hey, like, I really like this kind of a song. Could you do more of these? Or, um, you know, I go through these up and downs of... Um, less is more is really important to me. It's like keeping things simple and being okay with like repetition of songs. Like, you can do songs multiple times, and we should do songs multiple times for, for kids to be able to learn them and understand them. And um, But sometimes we feel this need of like, okay, each new session has to be like new and totally different and, and whatever. And, and it's actually not as helpful as um, the repetition <laughs> and the practice. Um, and so, in some of that, I got some feedback from couple people that were like oh hey this like I kept getting feedback like the the simplest songs I read there was like three lines or something they're like oh this is my favorite song oh this is my favorite song I think like oh, really? Because, like, I had this really cool, like, creative song that I really, you know, and, like, those aren't the ones getting the best feedback. It's the, like, simple ones that I can implement today or the ones that are, like, piggyback on a familiar song because I, like, know the melody mm-hmm. and I can implement it right away and it's just more accessible. And so that's been cool to get that feedback. So I've been trying to focus now more. Um, and you, and you want to have a balance of both, right? But trying to focus on, like, okay, so, like, if I'm saying less is more and remembering that, it's like, okay, let's keep it. Simple and repetitive, which also makes it more accessible for music therapists, but also for the kids. So they're going to pick up on it faster, and um, and even teens and young adults with special needs. So um, that's been yep. some of it. Um, but yeah, and just the the flexibility of of going back and forth from. Um, you know, I started with the, the physical box. So I had some songs online, and I thought, ooh, I love all, like, the tangible things we use in therapy, whether it's an instrument or, like, little finger puppets or whatever, and I want to be able to share some of these fun things with other music therapists, and I love mm-hmm. the, the idea of, like, getting something in the mail. So I'm like, I'm going to start the music therapy joy box, and it was a subscription box. But at the time, I didn't have the logistics to, like, or the because I was, you know, trying to be a mama and do a part-time job, so I couldn't do, like every month so I was like once a quarter I'm gonna put out a new box um and so I did that but I could not make any profit on it because I couldn't charge anybody anymore because I didn't want it to be too costly and the shipping itself was like two-thirds of like or a third of the cost and like just the box and so I'm like (laughs) this is not working um but that's why I always remind people that failure is so good and so like I if, if I'm honest like that failed Right? It didn't work for me. I couldn't make a profit and and also like I wasn't giving people as much as I wanted. I wanted to give people more bang for the buck. But if it weren't for that, I would never have thought about the Music Therapy Joy eBox, which is basically just a digital subscription. So you're not getting the stuff, but you're getting more songs. Um, and descriptions and you're getting the printables which is what everybody wanted anyways you know it's like people want the visuals now I also include virtual versions so there's like google slide versions of stuff or a music video and that sort of thing so if you're doing you know in a classroom and you just want to put it on a big screen you have that option or if you're doing virtual sessions you have that option and you also can print it and so so because the one didn't work I believe it yielded something better and and so that's just fun to see how and now for like eight dollars a month you're getting so much more than what it was for $40 for a box. And mm-hmm. um, and so it's been cool to see how that's transpired and then how that turned into um, to the community of like, okay, I want to not only provide resources because the community members get the e-box too, so they get the new resources every month, but then also get some of that training and interaction that I feel like is really important um, in our field when so many of us are kind of by ourselves um, mm-hmm. to help with some of that isolation piece and, and learning together. So. Again, lots of words from me, (laughs) but so much to talk about. That's great. That's that's what we have you on here for are lots
0: of words, getting lots of words. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I also love that because I mean, just from like the sustainability standpoint, I feel like that is just perfect. Um, And I mean, everything is going digital these days Um, and it's just accessible to a wide you know variety of people um so i think that is pretty cool um i think that we at music therapy and beyond i think we're going through that you know are we you know is this actually what people want i think we're still at that phase of figuring out exactly what our community needs from us and what we're able to provide um, so, I love hearing another story of what that looked like for somebody else, too. Um, did I lose you?
1: Are you there? Yes. Sorry, you were slow for a minute. All right. I think we're Can back. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Sorry, repeat that last thing really quick.
0: I just said that I think that we are in the um, at music therapy and beyond the phase of trying to figure out what people want and what we can give to them. Um, And I just love hearing another person's journey through that. And hopefully we're able to learn from you. Um, So thank you.
1: You're welcome. And also just do it, you know, like, I just think it's so great Just get out there and, and do it and get the feedback and so fun. I'm I'm excited for you guys.
0: Thank you. Um, so another thing that we are also working through is the world of marketing. Mm. And Mm -hmm. I think that that is another, um, animal in and of itself but I was curious if you could talk a little about your marketing journey
1: yes um so first of all it's like like you said it's a necessary evil you have to have it and Um, I think I really did think that, like, people... I didn't... If I had processed it, I wouldn't have said this, but, like, I think I just kind of thought, like, okay, like, if I have, like, a cute site, because I love all the graphic-y side of it, and if I have good songs, and like, people are just going to find me, and they're not. Like, people will not stumble on your site if you're not marketing it. Um, And that was, like, a really steep um, learning curve for me. And also, I think the reason that I didn't... My business didn't take off a lot in the beginning. Some of it was just because... I would had to be flexible in the amount of time I was able and willing to invest in it. Um, but I love, um, Stephanie level has a social media marketing course that I think is fantastic on her music for kiddos site. Um, I highly recommend it to anybody. It was really encouraging to me and also kind of just helped me, um, focus in a little bit more on some things. And, and I actually think that might've been one of the things she said on the courses that, you know, like people aren't just going to stumble on your site. And it's like, Oh yeah, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so that was really good. um, advice. And also, um, I've had these free emails, um, for a long time. Um, I rebranded kind of the Tuesday toolbox. That way when they popped up in people's email, people would know like, okay, this is where, this is where all the good stuff is. You know, like this is what the people want to hear. Um, and then also even just changing the name on the tab on my website from like email list to free resources. So that when you click, you're doing free resources. That's another thing that Stephanie did um, that I loved is she has, like, free music or free songs or or something like that. And it's like, oh, like, I want to click on that, right? You know, it's just so much more enticing than, like, I don't want to be on an email list. But it's like when you think about, like, oh, you're sending me free resources. Yes, I want to do that. And so um, I think those are the most valuable forms of marketing that I have utilized and found to be successful are um, the social media piece. And then also the email marketing and, and really focusing on giving away and being generous. And I really feel like the more generous you are, the more um, people say like, oh, hey, like I really like the kind, it's just a way to say like, here are the kinds of things I'm making and here are the kinds of things Mm -hmm. that, that I'm selling. And I, but I want you to have some of it for free, but I feel like th- then they can experience it for themselves. It's like music therapy. You tell somebody about it, and they're like, oh, that sounds cool. You experience it, and it's like, wow, that was really effective. You know, that was really powerful. Mm-hmm. And so I yep. think if, if they can experience your products um, or even a taste of them, then they get to understand, of like, okay, this is what you're selling. And either, like, this isn't really what I need. Cool, that's fine. Or, like, hey, this is – I want more of this. Um, and so that's a great way. And then also – we don't like to like most music therapists and music ed- are like I, we don't really sell ourselves or like that feels yuck. there's something that feels yucky about like you know getting out there and selling but it's not it's saying I have something valuable that I want to share with you and just reminding mm-hmm. yourself that of like I'm trying to actually help you by sharing this with you but how how to explain that in a way and so and so one of the things is you know, in my Tuesday toolbox, I might also say, like, hey, and by the way, we have this new course. Or don't forget, the Music Therapy Joy community is launching soon. So that when you're sh- selling, you're also sharing at the same time, you know? Um, so people who aren't ready to buy are still going to get a resource. But people who get the resources and say, how do I get more? You've also given them a way to jump in mm-hmm. with you. And so I think that that's been um, effective there. And then social media, um, I just have had to have grace for myself for different seasons, too. Um, I definitely see the times When um, you know, maybe I'm posting more and I'm uh, more prevalent on it. I see an increase in some of like my one-time sales because obviously I have the ongoing sales with the e-box and the ongoing sales with the community. Those are recurring, which has been also really helpful for me. Um, and making it a viable business is having the recurring payments, right? Because one month I might have, like, especially in August, like I'll have a lot of sales of the one-time purchases and the bundles and that sort of thing because people are starting back to school Mm -hmm. and they need new ideas or or at certain times of the year. um, But the stability of having that monthly payment for the other two, um, unless they've made the one-time payment for the community over the course of the year. But even that, I budget it as, like, this is how much I have a month. I've divided that $200 up over the year and that's how I budget that. But, uh, but yeah, with the, the bundles and such, but um, I've also decided to take a less is more approach to my social media to say, I would rather personally, I would rather have qual- like fewer quality posts than to have to just like a random, I don't want to say junk post. <laughs> that's probably not fair, but like just like a post, it's just like a filler post. just because, right? Because just to fill up social media with more stuff, you know, it's like, I feel like if I don't have something to offer, if I don't have the energy to share with you something that's really going to help you, um, then I just won't post that day. So I'm trying to really focus on putting up higher, fewer higher quality posts um, and obviously mm-hmm. Reels is part of that right now and that, but that will continue yep. to change, right? <laughs> It'll be different things that are like the sure. thing. Um, and so I think for myself, it's also been having grace for myself of like, if a plate has to drop, that's usually what drops for me because I will produce, I will write you quality songs for the eBox, and I will be there for my community members. I'm not willing to flex on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do want to continue to provide free resources through my email list. So, So social media is kind of like my place where like, that's probably going to be a Ball that drops, but I'm okay with that. And, and just, I just have to accept, um, that in my life. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of my whole social, social media story, but also marketing through the email list, I feel like has been really, um, effective And in drawing people from social media back to the email list as well. Mm-hmm. It's like, here's okay. the free stuff. Grab my re- email list yeah. so that you can get the free <laughs> things, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Um, And
0: it's obviously been highly effective. Um, So that's cool to see. Thank you. Uh, So I also want to have this be a platform for you to advertise your services too. And I know that Music Therapy Joy also offers online supervision and community meetings. So I was curious if you could just give a little blurb about that so that our listeners can check that out as well
1: thank you yeah so it's it feels kind of like a full circle thing of like I just had such a great education where I feel like my professors poured into me at KU and my internship experience I shared about earlier where people poured into me and share resources and so it's like I just really want to give that back and um, you know we even talked in one of our last community calls about like you can sometimes feel that imposter syndrome when you're teaching someone Um, of like, well, like there's, there are people in our community that have like decades more of experience than me. Um, but there, I need them too, you know? And it's really this beautiful thing of coming together as a group of music therapists is there's this mutual learning. And like I said, I love the feedback and I love hearing what people are like, oh, actually I really need stuff for this. And this is actually what I'm really struggling with. Um, but then we can come together and say, like, oh, yeah, well, that's been, like, really hard for all of us. Or, like, that is so cool. You're doing great. You know, I'm really champion each other. Mm-hmm. And, and I love seeing that um, in our field. And so that's been, like, the biggest gift to me about the community. But it also has just given me a chance to share more broadly of, like, here's all the resources that I have. Because they have access to the resource library. And it's, like, such a cost-effective way to be able to print any anything at any time and access any song at any time for any category, and there's just hundreds and hundreds of songs and printables, and um, even like some educational stuff in there about, you know, IEPs and stuff that we see in the schools. Um, So, yeah, so I think it's just been a great way to share and also get some of that FaceTime that I love like this, you know, where where you can just chat back and forth with somebody. um, And I think that that can be um, really valuable. So I my goal is for people who join the community to feel like it has been a a really great value for them. I want them to say, Mm -hmm. like, wow, I got a lot of I got a lot of resources for my for my money. I don't want it to be this financial strain um, for Mm -hmm. people. And, you know, in the 15 CMTEs almost wraps up everything you need right and if you were it for five years right you'd only be shy what's the math on that 25 right 25 of your um of your cmtes out of the the hundred and um yeah so i think i just love um just love those conversations and um and and the feedback i get that's my favorite um, is when people are like, hey, I love the less is more mentality that you have. I love your use of repetition and how you continue to repeat mm-hmm. songs or take a song and use it in one way with one group, but then change it and then adapt it to to use it in another way more effectively with another group. So you're not just pouring, having to pour out hundreds and hundreds of songs in a day, right? You can, you can really adapt what you have. And so anytime people experience that like freedom or of like, hey, it helped me to know that you don't feel like you have to post on social media every day. Like that gave me freedom of like, okay, I don't have to do that. Or so whatever it is that, um, that helps people simplify their lives or find better work life balance. Um, (laughs) those are like, that's the biggest, um, gift to me. And so I've just really loved the community and, um, yeah, it's been really fun.
0: Well, thank you for sharing that. And as somebody who is a part of that community, I can attest that it's been a lifesaver throughout my time working in the school system. It's just a very hectic. Um, it can be a very hectic yes. and time-consuming place. Um, so having those resources available for me to use that are simple and effective, mm-hmm. and I can put them to work that day, uh, has been a lifesaver. Like I said, it's it's been very nice. Um, so I want to just wrap things up with you, um, possibly sharing just a few tidbits. I know that you've shared plenty of wisdom throughout this whole, uh, time together. Um, but if you have any last, uh, pieces of
1: advice for
0: young music therapists
1: out there. Yes. And I, I mean, I really think it's just like, get out there and do it. And I feel like our culture makes success really about like the number of follows or likes you have, or like mass quantities of things, or the number of clients you see, or, or or that sort of thing. But I would just encourage you that even if you can only encourage or help a few people, and even if you feel like that's you know that's you're making a difference, and that difference matters. And yes, you need marketing and social media presence to connect with people, and so that they know that you're there but your value isn't in that like your value isn't in the number of products that you sell or the number of clients you see or the numbers of followers you have um it's in sharing the gifts and passions that you've been given with others and I feel like there's no greater reward than that yes you have to provide for yourself and provide for your family and you want it to be financially viable but but I would just say that um that the less we can focus on um I don't know, these like unrealistic standards and can just be really content with like, hey, if I'm making a difference for someone, I'm making a difference. Um, and I think that with our clients too, like if I'm making a difference, even in this one child's life, that matters. And um, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, that's just what I would say is just you what you're doing matters. So keep doing it. Yeah.
0: And I think that people are drawn to authentic people. So even if you're not trying, people are going to gravitate towards that, that mentality too. All right, Patina, thank you so much for talking with me this morning. Um, I really appreciate all the tidbits of advice and wisdom (laughs) that you've given. And, uh, do you have any questions for me? Is there anything that I can answer for you?
1: Um, no, I've just really loved chatting with you. So thanks for giving me the chance to to share. I love to I love to to share and learn together. So, thank you.
0: Of course. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, sayonara.
1: Bye, thank Bye. you. For show notes and resources in today's episode and all episodes, head to our website musictherapyandbeyond.com. Reach out to us at musictherapyandbeyond at gmail.com and follow us on social media to stay up to date on all the content and announcements. We'll see you next time.